Hey everybody, this is David, a.k.a. Macintosh. And I'm Diana, a.k.a. Mod. And welcome to another episode of Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. This week, Mod picked our movie. Yes, it's high time we visited the muscles from Brussels. One Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. In 1988's Bloodsport. Follows Frank Dukes, an American martial artist serving in the military, who decides to leave the army to compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong where fights to the death can occur. Kumite, Kumite, Kumite. seen this i don't know okay in my defense (laughs) i have seen probably the last 20 minutes of this movie okay i do recall it's pretty iconic they play it for like fight compilations and whatnot they do that too but also like i've just caught it on cable in that last 20 minutes i double don't have an excuse because like my dad was a huge JCVD fan. Oh, yeah. When I put it on Facebook that I was finally making you watch this, he liked it instantly. Like, this is a movie that I, I know I should have seen. I don't know if maybe at the time, because this is a little more violent than some of the other ones. Like, this movie, more than the others, I think has a harder time translating to cable. Maybe not, though. It just never it just never came on the radar. I'd seen stuff like Sudden Death, which is the one in a hockey arena <laughs> where somebody strapped a bomb to it and he's yeah. doing that. And of course, I watched the crap out of Street Fighter. Like nobody's business. Street Fighter is amazing. Colonel Guile, the great uh, and wonderful Raul Julia playing M. Bison. But okay, what other Jean Claude Van Damme films have you seen? So I think that's it. Like honestly, I think I've seen Sudden Death and I've seen Street Fighter. But I know that, you know, there's Time Cop, Double Impact. There's the one he did with Dennis Rodman that I can't remember the name of now. (laughs) There's Kickboxer. There's Universal Soldier, which I've never seen. For somebody who appreciates Jean-Claude Van Damme, which I do, I appreciate his his purpose as a movie star. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of his movies. (laughs) That's just sad. I know. Not even Last Action Hero? Nope. Wow. Or Hard Target. I take that back. I think I have seen Hard Target on cable, but I've also never seen any of these unedited. That's well, that's fair. I understand that. But like this is the one that put him on the map as a leading man. Oh, yeah. Like he had done a couple other smaller things, but this was his first like, I'm it. I'm the focus. I mean, let's be fair. The most famous thing he ever did was his performance in Breakin as spectator in first dance sequence. No, I think he's most famous for his little cameo on Friends. You know, I gotta admit, I was kind of surprised that you agreed to go on a blind date. Normally, I would not do it. Yeah. Well, what made you make the exception for me? Because Rachel told me uh, you were dying to have a threesome with me and uh, Drew Barrymore. But <laughs> oh, by the way, Drew has some ground rules. Uh... <laughs> Thank, you. Very important. Monica and Rachel fought over him. It's a big deal. All right. Well, this was a staple in my house growing up because this is one of my brother's most favorite movies ever. My brother was into Taekwondo. He got his black belt and he was obsessed with this film. We must have rented this 
I watched it at least 10 times as a young child <laughs> with him. <laughs> like, Never mind later, least. just randomly watching it again. Okay, our most rented films were Bloodsport, Princess Bride, and Fairytale Theater. That's what we were renting all the time from from Blockbusters. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you had to have seen this by now. This is ridiculous. And it's it's a different sport. Okay, so this let's start with the writing, as we usually do. Okay. Uh, this, was there writing in this movie? There was. Okay. Uh, I'll take your word for it. So the story by credit, and then also he helped with the screenplay, is by Sheldon Luttich. This is his first writing credit. He went on to do Rambo 3, Lionheart, Double Impact, Legionnaire and Max. Uh, so he, he stayed in this genre. And actor. Yeah. Is there anything to say about writing in this film? Because there's really not very much of it. Uh, well, he's not the only writer. Okay. We also have Christopher Cosby. This is his only credit at all in the films. Good for him. And then Mel Friedman, who did a TV movie called Deadlocked. But, uh... He actually had a different career that was much more successful. As? He worked in the editorial department on Poltergeist, Hercules, the TV series, Roswell, the TV series, the Guardian TV series, and Breaking Bad. So the guy knows how to cut film into pieces. Sure. But yeah, action films are really important when it comes to editing. That's true. Because you can film those fights... Every angle, but you have to know how to cut it together to make it look like one cohesive sequence. Was he on the editorial department of this film? Nope. Ah, okay. Because it would make a lot of sense if he was an editor and as they got into the script writing process, he's like, this will never fucking work when we put it on camera. Let's hack and slash this back. No, actually, two of the uncredited editors are Michael J. Ducey and Jean-Claude Van Damme. This film was not going to get released if someone else didn't edit it because they ran out of money. All right. JCVD sitting there in the in the room making sure it was getting done. Yep. The dialogue in this film is horrible. It's atrocious. It is horrible. But the story is actually pretty good. Well, I, I think I know why that is. Why? Because it's based on a true story. Is it? Ooh. It says so in the credits. Okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> Let's just leave it as is. It's a mystery. The story is not bad. This kid runs afoul of a gentleman. <laughs> okay. The, the entire opening incident is real, real dumb. First of all, he's a, he's a French kid. They explain that really well that he's in the U.S. military. I was shocked. Like, we were like, what is a Belgian guy doing in the American military with this thick accent? And then they pull it off. His family emigrated over. And he was a kid. He, you know, he runs into this Japanese family and this guy who mm -hmm. he's trying to steal a katana from. And then uh, he didn't flinch when he cut off the bill of his hat. And he's like, oh, you got a fighter's blood. So they start training together along with him and his son. and Then his son dies. His son dies. and so he <laughs> For no reason. He takes up the family uh, thing or mantle. But you are not Japanese. 
to go fight in the Kumite, which is this ultimate fighting championship, basically. So that's why he goes over to Hong Kong, which he is going AWOL. He's absent without leave. Now, it is a little nuts because I think this is, I mean, UFC came around in the mid-90s mm-hmm. when it started. But, like, even then, this is before UFC. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure underground tournaments like this existed. But it wasn't formalized. No, not in any way. But, like, this is before any of that. And what is, we, we should we should separate this from the writing. What's really cool about this movie as a martial arts movie is unlike a lot of the Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee stuff, it is not focused on one type of martial arts. Even Karate Kid, which is before this. Everything is focused around a single style. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee had his own specific mm-hmm. style of Kung Fu. Chuck Norris was Taekwondo through and through. Karate Kid is a very specific style. This is fighters of different disciplines in a ring together. So mm-hmm. you see a it's... guy who is like a ninjutsu fighter going up against a capoeira fighter. Or a, or a sumo. We see a sumo against a capoeira almost. Yeah. That is totally different. Well, and this movie was one of the biggest influences to create Mortal Kombat. I'm not shocked. In fact, Johnny Cage is modeled almost exactly after Jean-Claude Van Damme. He would have looked more like Jean-Claude Van Damme, but they could not make an agreement on the likeness rights. Not that shocked by that at all. Jean-Claude would have been asking for buku bucks for that. Mm, he probably would. I like that they really just focused mostly on the fighting. And they actually crafted a story around it that kind of makes sense. The only problem that I have is they, they keep pulling this around of this female reporter character, mm-hmm. which, first of all, is such a problematic, awful, tropey character to begin it's with. It's so bad. But let's set that aside. The biggest problem I have is she keeps bringing up the very valid point mm-hmm. of why in the hell would you do this? Yeah. And they don't, they can't even say for honor. Like, they won't even say that. It's just, you don't understand. Yeah, like, they could have just said, because I want to be the best. I want to know that I'm the best in the world. But there has to be this family connection. Nobody asks someone, why do they want to compete in the Olympics? Because I want to be the best. I want to get a medal. They cannot explain that in the writing. I think... And it's the, but they come back to it, like, three or four times. Oh, yeah. And do not offer anything they never explain the only person who's actually believable and you get that sense from him is roy jackson yeah he's the only one who's just like yeah i'm gonna kick everyone's ass that's just what i'm here to do i'm here to win the kumite kumite oh we'll get there with the cast who boy i mean so like the writing is not good but the story is the story is which then lends you once once it starts rolling once we get past the stupid setup and the Which, the nine minute dream yeah, sequence like we, flashback, we spent ten minutes maybe on backstory before we got into his training, and then his training was maybe ten minutes of itself, and then we were in Hong Kong. We were there. Yeah, we, we were, were going, and that I loved that because I forgot all of that as a kid. So watching this, I was like. I'm really glad we just got to the point. The only way it could be like artsy and fun Mm -hmm. is if you start in Hong Kong, you start in the fights and then you maybe flash back a little bit here and there to his story. I would, I would like that. That would be kind of a raging bull move, but you know. Well then, then it would make sense for him talking with the reporter like after he's won. So how did you get here? And then we play that way. That would have been better. That would be worse. No, I roll. Still stupid. 
But then she would have, like, not been as dumb to exist. She's just there to be the white pretty lady. Yeah, well. That hurts. That's her only purpose. But it's 1988. They, here's, here's the one thing I will say for that. She is not offensive in how they portray that, which does happen in some of these movies <laughs> where it gets real awful. I mean, they didn't even have an actual sex scene, True. which I'm kind of impressed by. No, I like that. I'm I'm glad. Like they even kiss on screen. Did we see them kiss? Uh maybe at the end, but maybe. I don't know. I don't recall. No, actually I don't think they actually kiss, but I do know that he kisses Jackson. <laughs> yeah. There is something adorably dumb and eighties about this movie that makes it kind of great. Yeah. Although, boy howdy, this feels like it was from nineteen eighty four, not nineteen eighty eight. Uh low budget, that's why. I know, I know, but whoo, you're you're like I I could swear this was from about four or five years earlier based on what people are wearing and how they look. All right, so let's move on to our director, Newt Arnold. Before this, he did Hands of a Stranger and Bloodthirst. But so he has not done great as a director, but he has had quite a career as a second unit director. He worked on The Godfather Part 2, 16 Candles, The Jerk, Blade Runner, War Games, The Abyss, Goonies. Uh, the man's worked on a lot of important, awesome films, some of which we've covered on this show. The guy knows how to assist a director. Yeah. So he's one of those guys who's probably not great at creating his own vision for a film, but man, can he execute someone else's. Which makes sense why this movie works from a directing perspective. Because I bet you, look, looking at those movies, we're talking mm -hmm. The Abyss, we're talking yeah. Godfather, I bet you they bring him in for the big set piece action sequences. Probably, but I bet you for this film he studied all of those Bruce Lee films. I was a like, okay, because that's the most important thing to do for this movie. Can you, can you shoot the fight scenes? If you can do that... The rest of it really doesn't matter. You just got to get the people in the frame, which he does fine. Yeah, um, and visible. And don't smear too much Vaseline on the lens. No, just a little bit. Just enough. He does the action sequences fine. The only ones I didn't really like were when the two army dudes were chasing him through Hong Kong. That was just too hokey and it went on too long. Well, that sequence isn't too bad. It's when they get him down the corridor when mm -hmm. he's going into the final yeah. fights. And literally that fight sequence is two guards come out and try to stop him. Then our two American army MPs try to stun gun him and he hits two other guys. And mm -hmm. that's literally the fight. Like that really is a, well, fuck, we're out of money for an actual fight sequence, so let's kind of fake this one here. Well, it was also that those two other guys were definitely not fit enough to do a full-on like, action sequence. <laughs> like, no offense to Forrest Whitaker, but that man can't run. All right, so our, our director is serviceable. I think he's more than serviceable. Uh, he's fine. I think, he does a, I think he does a really good job with a really crappy set of circumstances he's got here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's got John claude Van Damme, so... But he also he, only has $1.1 million, is that what you said? Yep. How much money did this make? It grossed 11.8. Well done. Yeah, so it did pretty good. That's a good return. Yeah, not bad. For what's going to wind up being like a junk run movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I don't even want to know how much freaking money it's made off cable rights. John claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
so we talked a little bit about what he did before, what he's done after. Uh, I think one of the most impressive things is that he deals pri- primarily in action films. And he had a span from about 1979 to about 99 where he did like 27 films. Like different projects. You mean 1989? No, 79. That's when he started. Because like for me, this, looking at his credits and thinking about it, this really is his first actual movie. Like he's an extra and he shows up in some other things. But honestly, this is his first I'm a legit action star role and it's this one that jumps him into all the other stuff he did i mean yeah he he had his first film credit in 79 and then his next one isn't until 84 yeah but between 79 and 99 he's 26 movies well and cut like three credits out he has 24 between 1988 and 19 i know it's it's insane and to be fair he's not the lead in all of those but he's doing a lot of work in a short amount of time. In a lot of ways, he's a poor man Schwarzenegger. Or, and Stallone. Uh, he's, yeah, and what's interesting is he's got he's got better looks than both of those guys. True. Um, Schwarzenegger in his prime was okay looking. But Stallone, the meatier he got, the uglier he got in a lot of ways. Especially once he hit Rambo, it kind of got a little much. Rocky, it was still tolerable. Yeah. Um, Van Damme unlike those other two, has this kind of sly charm. He maintained the pretty face. Exactly. That's that's what he was able to do. And of course, Jackie Chan blew him all out of the water when he finally made it to the States. Jackie Chan is the shit, and he's a nice dude. So, yeah. uh, John Klein Van Damme is an asshole. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Like, I mean, he just is. Well, alright. That's, that's sad to hear. I mean, he's a dick, but he's one of those, he's a small dude, but he's a badass, so he thinks, I mean, he just thinks he's hot shit. Okay, so next on the roster, we've got Donald Gibb playing Ray Jackson. Holy shit, was I excited to see this guy. Uh, he's been on a fuck ton of television, just before and after. Like, he is a go-to character guy. You need a big, meaty dude, this is the guy you called. I'm Be- sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you forgetting his most important role? He was in Stripes and Revenge of the Nerds. Ogre in Revenge of the Fucking Nerds. I've seen that movie maybe once cut for TV. Are you kidding me? That was a common Comedy Central classic. Okay. That is awful. It has a very awful rapey scene in it and is real bad. I didn't have this terminology as a child, but I remember watching it and going, this is problematic. (laughs) Like, that's what was happening. There is something wrong with this message. <laughs> yes. When it comes to women, oh, it's not good at all. Ogre is one of the better characters in that movie. I remember him, this guy, the most from Step by Step. Huh. I he, don't remember him in he that. He played Slasher. I don't, I, 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 it has I, been I so long. I know. I can't remember exactly who his character is, but I was like, I remember him being on that show and walking in the room. He's 6'4". He's a big dude. Oh, yeah. So, like, I remember him. That's about it. Here's the thing, though. He is perfect in the role he's playing. He's comedic relief. He's a great foil for uh, Frank Dix, Jean-Claude Van Damme's character. You know, he walks in and you immediately know who he is. Uh, His character, though, has no recognizable martial arts style. No, he's a brawler. (laughs) No, he's just like, I'm just going to beat you up. 
which, to be fair, works for him for quite a while. That's a perfectly acceptable fighting style. I'm gonna beat you up. I mean, there there are lots of guys. I mean, Mike Tyson made an entire career on literally just being the strongest guy in boxing. It wasn't really a fight when Tyson got in the ring. It was just a disaster. Yeah. So there are some guys who pull that off. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to win you in this kind of tournament, though. I liked his character. I liked him. He was really fun. He was a great addition to the cast. Yeah, he's good. Uh, next, we have Leah Ayers as Janice Kent. The white blonde lady. Pretty forgettable. Uh, before this, she was on uh, the TV show 9 to 5 and St. Elsewhere. The TV show 9 to 5. Yeah, it was a little TV show. And then after this, she was on the TV show The Brady's, which was all the Brady kids grown up. I remember watching this and thinking it was super cool that they would do this. <laughs> they hadn't done that yet. It was super cool concept. She played wow. Marsha. Wow. And then she had a couple stints on uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, the last bastion of hope for every actor. And and her most recent credit was she was on an episode of Sliders in 1998. So she's just stopped acting. I get it. All right, it's fine. Boy, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to tell whether or not she could have been any good if the writing had been better. I don't know. Her haircut was pretty offensive. And that was horrible. <laughs> it's hard to come back from that. Pseudo white Jerry girl? Yeah. <laughs> Like, her hair looks like ramen noodles before you cook them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's not a very nice progressive thing to say about a woman's looks, but it was in 1988, and I'm just going to assume that her hair is much more amazing now, and that's the most important thing. (laughs) If she doesn't have hair, you're going to be real mad at yourself. No, I'll be all right. (laughs) It'll be okay. Okay. Uh, next, we have Norman Butler as Helmer, one of the army dudes coming back to get Dukes. And then we also have Forrest Whitaker playing Rollins, the other guy. Well, now, I, I didn't mean, realize this. Mm-hmm. We've met Norman Burton before on this show. Mm-hmm. It was Felix Leiter in Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, he was. Oh. Uh, he's, he's been in a ton of TV as well. We've got a lot of TV people here. Uh, one of his bigger credits was that he was on Wonder Woman. With Linda Carter. That was kind of his big deal thing. I will say, as Lighter, he was the best part of Diamonds Are Forever. Or one of the better parts. I've purged that movie from my brain because it was so horrible. But he did do a I good job. I was mad about how bad that movie was. And Forrest Whitaker, this is after Platoon and Good Morning Vietnam. All right, next we get Roy Chow as Senzo Tanaka. Shidoshi. Well, his name is Senzo. I know. But he's Shidoshi. Correct. That's master. Uh, he was in Enter the Dragon. And he's been working since 1950. Tons and tons of credits. Also in Game of Death, apparently. So the two biggest Bruce Lee movies. Mm -hmm. He is the founder of the Artists' Home, which is a Christian fellowship of actors in Hong Kong. And he served as an interpreter for the U.S. military during the Korean War. Good on you, buddy. Yeah, he just has uh, 8 billion uh, credits and a bunch of kung fu films. Mostly in Hong Kong cinema. Which is awesome. And I've never seen... A Bruce Lee movie. I need something to throw at you. I, I'm i very unhappy with myself about it. Okay. You hadn't seen this. You haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire. I haven't seen Enter the Dragon or Game of Death. I haven't seen Clueless. Have you, you, haven't seen, have you seen The Golden Child? No. With Eddie Murphy? No, I haven't seen <gasps> The Golden Child. Nor have I seen Big Trouble in Little China. Oh my god, Daniel. What's wrong with you? 
a lot. And then the last one that really had any play is Bolo Young, who played Chong Lee. That's the big dude that Frank Dex has to beat. He's a bit much. He is. He was also an Enter of the Dragon. He was a kid, very young kid during that. He was himself, basically. Yeah. Uh, he's been in a ton of Bruce Lee films. He was one of his students. Um, and after this, he was also in uh, Double Impact. He was known as the Beast from the East. It's kind of nice. Uh, his uh, highest deadlift was 700 pounds. Fucking hell. So that dude is a beast. Damn. Like, he literally is just a beast. All right. Uh, and so he, the thing I liked about his casting was how expressive his face was. He had the crazy eyes, which was awesome. And that was great compared to John claude Van Damme. Who is emotionless. Yes. Who's, he looks like a Ken doll. Yeah. At first, I, I'm like, wow, he's kind of a bit much. And then you think about it, it's like, no, he's kind of the perfect villain. Because not not only is he super expressive, not mm-hmm. only is he kind of showboating, but then like he kills a guy. Yeah. And everybody is somber. And he's just like, fuck you. We need to keep fighting. Chong Lee. Chong Lee. And there's this like, oh shit this guy's rough and bad yeah there is a there's a huge suspension of disbelief thing with this movie Mm -hmm. like you really do just kind of have to go shut my brain down i don't need to like analyze a whole lot of what's going on here yeah there's some stuff that's so stupid that you might as well laugh at it Mm -hmm. but a lot of it if you if you don't try to think about it too hard you really can get swept up in it Especially near that final scene, which is done masterfully. It's done really well. So let's move on to our trivia. Okay. There's not a ton. This was filmed in the Kowloon Walled City uh, right before it was demolished. So it was one of the last things ever filmed there. That's very cool that we do get a glimpse of something in this movie that's like historical and we'll never see again. Yeah. The dim mock, the like death hit. Uh-huh. Okay, that is actually fake the one in the film and it's actually a move that's just in a lot of martial arts folklore (laughs) so like something similar called the same thing we see in crouching tiger hidden dragon okay so like that's just a common martial arts thing yeah but what's cool is this is specifically targeted at an american audience true i'm fine with that it's just you know that's not a real thing well, no, there is no way in physics that you can break a brick three bricks down by hitting one on top. Yeah. Unless you've rigged it to do that. Well, you can do anything with the magic of television. Nor can you do it and have it explode in about five different directions. <laughs> uh, the video game that Ray and Frank are playing is called Karate Champ. <laughs> I think I've heard of that before. Yeah, I know I've seen it before. And it's funny because the two karate players uh, look just like the guys from Street Fighter. Because <laughs> one's <laughs> in white, one's in red. In the flashback scene of young Frank, he's wearing a lot of Giants memorabilia. Well, his hat is the San Francisco Giants. Yes. And his jersey is the New York Giants. He's confused. Yeah. That's a little inconsistent. <laughs> But funny. Yeah, I yeah. That's I, just I don't know, man. Different sports, different cities. Well, you know. Not even the same colors. Just remember. It's funny. All right, so now we're going to talk about Frank Dukes, the real Frank Dukes. Okay. All right, he served as the stunt coordinator for this film. Yes. And he actually felt that Jean-Claude Van Damme wasn't in good enough shape. 
despite the fact that Jean-Claude Van Damme was already a world kickboxing champ, uh, he's like, no, he's just not in good enough condition. So he trained him for three months. Cool. And Jean-Claude was like, "Uh, that was hard as hell. I bet it was. That was difficult. Uh, Now we get to the based on a true story. Uh Uh-huh, yes. It's a load of shit. Oh, fun. So Frank has said, I hold this title. I want this. It has never been corroborated. <laughs> uh, when they try, when people have tried to investigate, uh, like where did this Kumite happen in the United States? Because he claimed that it happened here. The address was his home. <laughs> it uh, happened in my backyard. Yeah, basically. I invited and a bunch of fighters. They have not been able to get anybody to corroborate any bit of his story. He has claimed that he was in the military. He wasn't. He's claimed that he worked for the CIA. He didn't. Uh, the Kumite never, doesn't exist. At least not the way he tells it. Well, no. I mean, this doesn't sound like the thing that would be hot in the street. But if a movie was made about it, somewhere you could find somebody who cor- who could corroborate. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. However, who gives a fuck? Because yeah. it's still an awesome story. It's a great story. And it's it makes just... it even more fun that they it's... put the based on a true story there. Absolutely. Which, in theory, it is based on a true story. Like, as recent as 2010, Sheldon let it just like, no. It's all horseshit. It's all bullshit. Cool. Yeah. I love that. I kind yeah, I kind of like, that kind of makes it more fun. Uh, I mean, Frank Dix did found his own, like, Ninjutsu dojo school. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. How many dim mocks in the death touch are going to be? <laughs> I had to do a hand motion to explain it. <laughs> this is a visual medium now. I'm going to go with three. Because it's a really fun story. I like all the fighting. I just need new dialogue. So <laughs> Rewrite I, the whole thing. I want to overdub the whole movie. <laughs> I don't know if that would make it better. It might. It would make it entertaining. It would not be worse. uninteresting. It would not be worse. Yeah, I'm going to go three as well. Okay. Because looking at all of its shortcomings, if you take it as it is, which I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did. Once that fighting picks up, it's a really entertaining movie. Hmm. And I will say again, like we didn't get too much into it, but the final scene when he blinds him. Yeah. And the way that they, you think that the slow motion is going to be way too much, but it it almost always happens at exactly the right moment in exactly the right place. Probably the only annoying part is Jean-Claude Van Damme's repeated scream over and over again. Yeah, his scream is not does not feel natural at all. Because it's the same one again and again and True. again. True. <laughs> they didn't get a different recording of it. Probably not. No. So what do we have next time? Next time we have our very last sports movie for oh, this season. It's so sad. But we're ending on a very good high note. You're finally going to make me watch Bull Durham. Look, man. You've seen all the baseball movies. Yes. You've never seen the baseball movie that explains baseball perfectly. Okay. Until next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
just got me in the face. Yeah, I know. Oh, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> okay. Pay for that hard. Hard. All right. Let's keep going. Ow, that one hurt. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I was just trying to lay it right there and plop it. 